Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Beer and Biceps podcast. Um, I've noticed whilst listening back that a lot of my podcasts have been getting increasingly quieter and the reason for this I've worked out is most of the time I'm trying not to wake my dog. But, you know, that's a silly reason and I'm going to try and sound a little bit more interesting and a little less dead, which was how my missus described my last podcast. So anyway, today's episode, we will be looking at the real reason behind the obesity epidemic. Um, Okay, to qualify, this is my opinion based on fact, um, but other people will have other facts and they could argue it's not set in stone. Um, But I think I've got a a good argument for it and one that most people could probably agree with. But first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at what are the reasons that most people think caused um, the obesity epidemic and argue why that's not true. Um, Or if it is true, why it's not the sole reason or the biggest reason. Um, Bear in mind, what I'm talking about here is the massive increase in obesity. I think um, America recently had uh, I think it was somewhere between 40 and 60% of adults in America would qualify as obese. And the number's not too far away in the UK. So I'm talking about lots and lots of people being obese, not individual reasons. At the end of this, uh, before I talk about the beer, um, I will sort of give a an explanation of how an individual could become obese. But this is the like broad strokes. Okay, so the first one that's always blamed... Um, by Gary Taubes, Taubes, don't know, and his ilk are carbohydrates, saying that um, as carbohydrate intake has increased, so has obesity in the West. Um, This is not true, and the way he he, um, has presented this has completely been manipulated anyway, Um, and he sort of has run with this whole carbs of the devil, the leads to more insulin which causes obesity. I'm not going to get into that debate. What I will say that is in the last 20 years carb intake has actually decreased because of this perception yet obesity has still increased. Um, And when I say carbs I'm also talking about sugar because that's the main one. Um, So our sugar intake has decreased in the last 20 years yet obesity levels have risen. So even the staunchest of anti-sugar people would have to point would have to accept that there is much more to it than that because giving up sugar has not stopped the obesity epidemic and i know the argument would be oh well the the people who haven't stopped eating sugar are the ones who've done it um one that's not true and two um that would still kind of prove my point that sugar wasn't the issue um because people are still getting obese. Right, the next one is that we lead more sedentary lives. Well, this is sort of the case, uh, particularly speaking in lockdown, it is. But also, it's not. Like, there are still people who lead very um, active lives and are obese. And that's um, something that really needs to get caught up. But if you just look at a profession that hasn't changed much um, in 50 years, like builders who still lead active lives yet builders today are much more likely to be obese than they were then and yet they still have pretty much the same job yeah you've got more um, technology but the overall it's still pretty much similar step counts and all that sort of stuff um train drivers from the 1950s 
through to today would still have the same sort of life. I think the argument is sort of that we we stay at home more after our work, but that's not really true either. Um, you know, we still go shopping, we still go to football, we still go out, we still meet our friends in the pubs, you know. Um, so, yeah, while as a society we may be more sedentary, and that could be one of the causes, it still doesn't explain the obesity epidemic because people who are still quite active or jobs that were always sedentary but had less obese people proves that that's not the main reason. Um, another one that people talk about is alcohol, um, but actually our alcohol intake has massively decreased in the last few years, particularly amongst teenagers, um, yet um, obesity levels are increasing. So it can't really be alcohol, can it? Like... Um, another one, and I, I don't think even most regular people think this anymore, but that um, we're eating more um, fat than we were in previous times. And that's not true at all. In the 1950s, especially in America, the um, the American diet had much more saturated fat in it than now. They, um, they also had much more unsaturated fat. They just had a higher fat diet. In fact, in the 1950s, it was more, more similar to an Atkins diet, um, which was higher in fat and lower in carbs than it is now. So that hasn't made a difference. Um, another one is processed foods. Now, processed foods have been around for... Well, in some form, they've been around for hundreds of years. You could make an argument that a loaf of bread is a processed food. It has to be processed to become bread. You know, you don't just find bread trees out in the forest. Um, but So they've been processed foods for years. Um, but definitely there are more foods that are more processed now than there were in the 50s but again in the last five years there's not more processed foods than there were in the early 2000s and you know we're cutting down on stuff like um uh what's it that high uh high fructose corn sugar and uh, corn syrup in america and all that sort of stuff so and we're more aware as a society now of the dangers of processed foods yet still obesity levels are rising so I'm not going to say that that um, more processed foods isn't a cause, a reason behind the obesity epidemic, but it's not the main one. Um, uh, another one is uh, fast food. The idea that we eat more fast food now than ever. Again, this doesn't really stack up because most, you know, um, in the fifties and sixties was like a fast food craze. Like everyone w went for it. Um, you know, McDonald's. There was more McDonald's, you know, thirty years ago than there are now in America. I'm not sure if that's true. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but again, it's it's not re it's it's not really the case that, you know, fast food food is more popular. Um and also the fast food companies um have had a lot of scrutiny on them and they offer a lot more healthy options. Um but they are a part of it and also the the reason for the obesity epidemic fast food does play its part in that and I'll explain that a little bit more. Um Another one that people sometimes blame is leading more stressful lives. Again, I don't think that was ever the case. I think that people with depression and anxiety and stress are more likely to be noticed now because we're more accepting of it. Like, it's, like it's not that there's become more people with autism in the last 20 years. It's just now people with autism are it's easier to um, diagnose um, and accept that it's real. And it's the same thing with stress and all that. We're not... Le I mean, 
yes, we lead stressful lives, but do we lead more stressful lives than, you know, soldiers in World War Two or Vietnam? Do we lead a more stressful life than, you know, the middle class during the Great Depression? No, you know, um, and again, it differs from person to person. Some people will have more stress than generations back. Some people will have less. I, I lead a very stress-free life, especially compared to, I don't know, a slave in ancient Egypt. You know, it's again, it's it's... I think there's a sort of idea in a lot of people's heads that this period of time is the worst and the past was much better and everyone was better and the generation previous was better and the next generation coming is worse. And I never, ever believe that because, well, I mean, Hitler and Gandhi were in the exact same generation. So, you know, this idea that people progressively get better or worse is kind of crazy, isn't it? Um, but anyway... Getting off topic, which always happens when I talk about Gandhi. <laughs> so what is the real reason behind the obesity epidemic? Um, it's portion size. Uh, there was a study in 2002 which found that um, portion sizes of meals had increased in the ni- started increasing in the 1970s and then absolutely exploded in size in the 80s. And it's never stopped growing since then. So... Whilst people in the 50s might have been having, you know, even more unhealthy food, they were actually having a lot less food on their plates. The size of the food on their plates was smaller. Um, and the reason for that is that in those days, food was more expensive. Um, we always talk about sort of like, uh, you know, comparing like house prices and all that sort of stuff. But food is as cheap now as it has ever been. And portion sizes have grown with that and it wasn't really a sort of this is not a conspiracy theory um this isn't like big food companies tricking us but it's definitely a way for companies to make more profits is by selling more food and that's why i said about the fast food if you remember morgan spurlock's documentary supersize me which incidentally is a load of bollocks i mean the guy completely faked it as far as i'm concerned everything like the uh, the results he found have never been repeated and they've been tried a lot of times uh, but what he said was that supersizing of meals was a way to get people to eat more so that fast food companies could make more money even though food was getting cheaper to sell so and that is completely what's happened um that means that what we consider a normal sized meal now would look quite big to somebody in the 80s and would look massive to somebody in the 60s we're just eating more and more and more so even if we are making smarter food choices in some respects um it doesn't matter because the the sheer volume of food we're eating is more um and also we're not necessarily making smarter food choices but so like um a a fish and chip meal in england in 1950s the size of that portion would have been smaller than the fish and chip portion today. So when you're going out for fish and chips on a Friday night, you are eating more calories than you were in the 50s, even though it's the same meal. And if you were to be served a 1950s size portion, you'd be like, what the hell, I'm getting shortchanged here. Like, people always complain about, you know, uh, the small size of meals in fancy restaurants, but really, they're just probably normal sized portions (laughs) but what we're serving is massive and it's one of the biggest changes you can actually make when i I do with my clients is i i talk about two things one is eating until you're full 
which, if you think about it, that completely counteracts the problem with portion sizes. But two, it's to look at how much food you're actually serving yourself. I did, I did this all the time, especially when making pasta. I would just make twice as much as I actually needed. And the problem is, we eat so fast that our bodies don't have time to say, whoa, that's a lot of food, because we've finished before our hunger hormones have actually kicked in. Um, sorry, not our hunger hormones, our um, satiety hormones, the hormones that tell us, hey, you're full, slow down. So if you slow down in eating, you'll actually feel fuller quicker. So that's another thing you can do is basically stop at the halfway point of a meal, have a glass of water and get back to your meal and then f- stop when you're full. And that can really make a difference. But you can see how increasing portion sizes has really affected us because it's the one thing that fully marks up exactly with obesity in terms of, um, you know, you can see people started eating more more food in their, at each meal and obesity increased. And when you say it now, it seems obvious. But, um, yeah, we, nobody ever really brings, brings this up. Um, anyway, so that's the reason why obesity has actually happened. It's not carbs. It's not necessarily a more sedentary lifestyle, although there is a part of that. It's not fat. It's not processed foods, although, again, a bit. It's not fast food, although, again, that supersize me thing that McDonald's did. If you think about it now, supersize is, is so cheap and it's so easy to do that until that documentary came out, everyone would do it without even thinking about it to the point where that was the meal size that you expected. If you compare a size of McDonald's meal in 1950 to now. Anyway, get back to it. And it's not that we're leading more stressful lives. It's literally we're just eating more at our main meals, in the meals where we think we're good. Um, so snacking is a bit of a... I mean, you know, you can definitely increase your weight by snacking more, but it's not been the problem. Um, and it's not necessarily what we've been eating either. It's just too much food. But anyway, um, I said I'd talk about um, how an individual can become obese. Um, and it's people seem to think that obesity is down to stupidity or greed, gluttony or laziness. And this is not true at all. Uh, a lot of the people who say that sort of stuff say they just want to talk about the facts. But actually, the science has repeatedly shown us that it is so much more complicated than that. Um, did you know, for example, that there is a correlation between people who um, have insomnia and people who are obese? Uh, so people with bad sleep patterns, having a bad night's sleep can lead to increased appetite the next day. It can also reduce your um, NEAT activity, which is um, sort of, it's called non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And it's um, movements you do all the time that don't really qualify as exercise. Even little things, even fidgeting counts, but it's stuff like walking or, you know, just doing some housework. But it's it's, a lot of it's, sorry, my PC is making loud noises. a lot of it's to do with um, stuff that you don't even think about. Uh, so, you know, fidgeting's a great example, but, you know, like, you know when you're tired and you know you're, the shoes you want to wear are downstairs, but you just can't be asked to go get them, so you just stick on a rubbish pair. And it's little things like that, but they add up all the time. You know, walking downstairs to get the right shoes and putting them on, one, you'll feel more comfortable, but two, you're actually burning those extra one or two calories. And 
A bad night's sleep can can make you feel more tired, which can mean that you're burning less calories throughout the day. Add that to the increased appetite and you're eating more and suddenly you're going to gain weight. What happens when you gain weight? It affects your hormones. For men, their testosterone levels can drop. For women, their estrogen levels can drop. And as that happens, it affects sleep. So it's a vicious cycle. But also what happens when you gain weight is that it can affect your mood from the lack of uh, the lower testosterone. It can lead to depression. It can also lead to you feeling less confident. And the more weight you gain, the more society judges you. And the more society judges you, the less you want to be seen to be exercising because you feel embarrassed. Um, There's a stigma against it. Like, And what I've noticed with a lot of clients... and. Bear in mind, I've worked in gyms for the best part of 10 years. And the, the honest-to-God truth is 90%, 99% of the people in the gym do not give a shit. Like, they are so wrapped up in their own little world or in their world of their friends. And also, gyms are filled with fat people. But there is a perception, and I've noticed this again and again and again with clients, especially ones that used to sign up through my website, was I really want to sign up with you, but I want to get in shape before I go to the gym. Which, when you actually think about it, you know, when you think about it first, it's like, that's insane. You go to the gym to lose weight, so why would you need to lose weight to go to the gym? But it's that I want to be an acceptable size before I go into the gym. And it's kind of heartbreaking because it just doesn't happen. Um because they're so worried about it and they never do anything about it. So that's that whole thing spirals. And whilst you can say, oh yeah, that's their fault then, but it's not, is it? It's part of that cycle that all started with bad sleep. Incidentally, sleep is one of the things that actually is getting worse in our society. Like, in the 18th century, once it got dark outside, what did you do? You went to sleep. You know, you might have been able to afford some candles, but... You know, that light's not going to do you any good. They actually had, you know, proper dark skies as well. I don't know if you've ever been in... To people in the country, just stop listening, but to people in the city, if you've ever been in the country and it's got dark and the lights aren't on, it is proper dark. Like, you can't see anything. But today, you've got TV shows... You've got entertainment that can go on till five in the morning with YouTube and all that sort of stuff. They didn't have that in the 80s or the 70s. What did you have? You had... Yes previously scheduled tv shows that finished at 10 o'clock and then it was rubbish like literally rubbish there was nothing on um so but now we've got entertainment we've got light pollution which makes sleep more difficult we've got our gadgets we've got all this sort of stuff ruining our sleep which is increasing our stress which is increasing our appetite which is lowering our will to exercise which is leading to weight gain which is affecting your hormones which is then affecting sleep it's a very difficult situation to be in um and it's also why with most of my clients who are overweight the first thing i look at fixing is sleep because that's the big one but you can fit if you can fix any of the things in that cycle you can help that person or yourself break out of the obesity cycle um but yeah it's very difficult and society i I think that there's a lot of people who are sort of that, uh, oh yeah, we're fact-based and, you know, facts don't care about your feelings and all that sort of stuff. But they're not fact-based. They are letting their feelings, their, what's the word, uh, contempt 
cloud their actual judgment and it pisses me off and to be honest before I knew better I was a bit like that just because I was naive in it well I wasn't out of a mean sort of thing I was like oh well why can't they just exercise more why can't they eat less you know it's all about calories in versus calories out and yeah mechanically it is but in real terms that's a tiny part of it anyway now that I've solved the obesity crisis (laughs) let's talk about the beer um the beer I'm drinking is one I did not expect to like. It is a salted caramel milkshake IPA from called Shake, uh, and it is brewed by... No, it's one of those cans that doesn't really say. Oh, wait, here we go. Um, Three Ravens. And you know what? I'm not a massive fan, but I don't think that's the fault of the beer. It's just I don't really like milkshake IPAs, but it was the only beer I could find that was near me, so... I'll give a taste test. Yeah, so it sort of reminds me of um, ice cream IPAs and stuff like that. Um, it's that sort of fake sugary taste, uh, like this sort of chemically taste. I, I'm not a fan of it, but that doesn't mean it's a bad beer. I'm not a fan of opera, but that doesn't mean opera is rubbish. Um, I'm, it's just not for me, and it's also very strong for an IPA well no it's very strong for the type of beer I drink it's uh, 6 point, uh, 6% which for me is quite a lot and yep not a fan of it at all though yeah I, that's not to say that Ravens are bad brewers they've brewed exactly what they said they would it tastes of salted caramel it tastes of milkshake it's fine it's just not for me anyway that's enough from me have a good one guys And I'll talk to you next week.